Welcome back in for another episode of Dynasty Breakdown with Cash. I'm your host, Cash. Here on episode four, we're recording this on uh, today, January 26, 2021. And uh, on today's show, we're going to get into some news, some new hiring, some retirement updates. Then we're going to get into uh, my keeper analysis, our past keeper analysis, who we've kept in the past, how that worked out for everybody. And I'm going to give you my 2021 prediction for who everybody's going to keep going into next year. Um, just a quick reminder for everybody watching on YouTube, remember to hit subscribe, click the bell, get any notifications uh, anytime I drop a new episode. All right. Uh, and the email again is dynastybreakdownwithcash at outlook.com. Anyone that got any questions, comments, or suggestions? Let's get into the news. All right, we got quite a few new hires to uh, update you on since our last episode. So let, uh, let me get started here with our new GM hires. Houston Texans hired expatriate director of player personnel, Nick Casario as GM. Don't think that's going to keep Watson around, but uh, he's been with the Pats for 20 years and all six Super Bowls. Uh, I don't think it's a good hire and he's got a tough job ahead of him, like I said, with trying to find a replacement for Watson. We'll see how it works out. I think everything in Houston's a disaster right now. So anybody with any talent, get the hell out of there. Uh, next hire, Denver hired ex-Viking assistant GM George Patton as their new GM. Looked at, uh, it's looked at as a good hire. He too will probably have to find a franchise quarterback. As, uh, I don't think Drew Locke is, Drew Locke is the answer there, really. Uh, they haven't been able to find a quarterback since Peyton Manning. So uh, good luck to him. He has a tough job ahead of him. Next one, we got Detroit. They hired ex-Ram director of college scouting, Brad Holmes, as their new GM. He's been with uh, the Rams for over 18 years, and uh, looks like his first job is going to be finding a home for Matthew Stafford and finding themselves a new franchise quarterback as they look to have a long, long road ahead of them rebuilding. And the fourth GM hire we're going to get to, Jacksonville has hired Trent Balky as GM. Uh, he served as San Francisco GM from 2011 to 2016, and uh, he's got a pretty fun job ahead of him. He's got the number one draft pick, he's got a ton of cap space, and he's got a lot of rebuilding to do. I guess when you close the season losing 15 straight games, you got some rebuilding to do. Minshew mania, not the answer. All right, let's get into our coordinator hires. As we don't, does, Oh, we had one coaching hire, that's right, to get to. Uh, Philly. Philly uh, filled out their coaching roster, basically. They hired ex-Colts offensive coordinator Nick Sirianni as their head coach. Uh, it's looked at as a bit of a gamble. He's 39 years old again, sticking with the theme of the young hires. He's got no play-calling experience, but uh, like I said, goes with the theme of having the young guys calling the shots. 
He uh, ended up hiring both his coordinators. He hired ex-Chargers coordinator, offensive coordinator, Shane Stretchen as their new OC. Uh, he worked with Sirianni for four years with the Chargers. Uh, he also hired um, ex-Colts defensive back coach Jonathan Gannon as their new defensive coordinator. He also worked with Sirianni in Indy uh, for the last three years. So Sirianni filled out his coaching staff. Uh, it's a pretty young staff, but he does have experience working with all of them. Uh, they got some work to do there in Philly. First of all, figure out who they're going with, Wentz or... Um, or the other young quarterback, who I can't think of his name right now, but that's all right. Um, yeah, they all got a lot of work to do there, but uh, fortunately they don't play in a very good division, but that division could be on the up and up. Can't get much worse after what it was last year. Um, on to our defensive coordinator, or our coordinator hires for the week. The Raiders uh, hired ex-Chargers DC Gus Bradley as their new DC. Spent the last four years as the defensive coordinator of the Chargers. With the pieces he had with uh, the Chargers, I think he could have got more out of that group. And going to the Raiders, an uninspiring defensive unit, I don't think it's... I don't know. This is his second defensive coordinator job since being fired as the Jags head coach in 2016. I, I don't think it's a good hire, but it might end up helping out like Las Vegas uh, offensive players as far as fantasy. Because if their defense stinks and they're giving up tons of points, that means Carr's going to have to be chucking the ball to guys like Darren Waller and uh, Josh Jacobs if he's there. Could be getting some good uh, play too. So, next one. Uh, Dallas hired ex-Falcons head coach Dan Quinn as their new defensive coordinator. Uh, after five years as a head coach, he'll be back to being a DC. Uh, it's a decent hire, but after what they had, it really can't get much worse. You know, Dan Quinn, he did go to the one Super Bowl collapse against New England, but uh, I think he's more suited for a coordinator role. I don't think it's a bad move for Dallas getting Dan Quinn as their coordinator. Like I said, can't be much worse after last year's debacle. Uh, next, we got uh, the Jets. They hired ex-49ers passing game coordinator Mike LaFleur as their OC. 33 years old, it's looked at as an exciting hire. Sticks with the theme of... Young guys getting the jobs. Uh, Jets also hired ex-Falcons linebacker coach Jeff Ulbrich as their new DC. Surprisingly, he will call defensive plays and not new head coach Robert Saleh. Though I'm sure Saleh is going to you know, be in there uh, with his themes and schemes and game plans and stuff. And uh, That whole coaching staff under Saleh looks to be not in a bad situation because Saleh is... He's looked at to be a really, really good hire for the Jets. So hopefully they can turn, uh, turn things around quick. Uh, where are we going after here now? Now we're going to the Rams. They hired ex-Falcons interim head coach as their new defensive coordinator. He was also uh, previously the Tampa Bay head coach from 2009 to 2011. And that, uh, that looks to be a pretty good hire for them. Uh, next, we're going to go with Jacksonville, hiring ex-Lions offensive coordinator Daryl Bevel to be their new offensive coordinator. He finished last season as the interim head coach after Patricia was fired. He's got over 15 years of experience uh, as an OC, and it's looked at as a great hire for the Jags under Urban Meyer. So somebody with a lot of NFL experience for Urban Meyer to lean on in his first year with all their new toys and pieces. Um, 
should should be good things moving forward here in Jacksonville, I think. Can't be much worse, 15-game losing streak. So, uh, Next, Atlanta hired ex-Bears passing game coordinator Dave Ragone as their new offensive coordinator. He's been with the Bears since 2016, and he will uh, help lead the offense, though new head coach Arthur Smith, Smith will be calling plays. Um, they got to get things figured out there. They got to see what's going on with their quarterback. I don't think Nick Foles is the answer. Nobody does. I don't think Trubisky's the answer. I don't think anybody does. So there's a lot of quarterbacks out on the market that are uh, going to be swapping spots this offseason. So it should be a very interesting and fun offseason to see where everyone lands. Next tire we got here. Indianapolis promoted uh, quarterback coach Marcus Brady to be offensive coordinator. He uh, actually worked north of the border before. He's the former Argos offensive coordinator for five years. And he will be given uh, time to grow as, uh, as head coach Frank Wright will remain calling his own plays. So it's looked at as an interesting and good hire. I don't know, but I have faith in uh, Frank Wright. So if he's bringing him aboard, giving him time to grow, should be good. Hopefully it's good. Next, we got uh, Chicago. They promoted um, Sean Desai to be their defensive coordinator. He's been with the Bears since 2013. He becomes the first coordinator hired of Indian descent. It's an interesting but a deserving hire for the Bears. Uh, hopefully he can find their next quarterback. So all their other pieces have, you know, some value. Allen Robinson can't have him wasting away playing quarterback time with uh, Mitchell Trubisky. Next, we got uh, Detroit. They hired ex-Chargers head coach Anthony Lynn as their new offensive coordinator. Lynn wasn't out of work very long after getting canned as the Chargers head coach. Uh, heading to Detroit, that's interesting. I have no idea what to make of that whole situation with uh, Big Guns Dan Campbell as their new head coach. They're getting rid of Stafford. Galladay's probably on the way out. So it'll be interesting to see what pieces they have to work there. But uh, I think Anthony Lynn going to work with Big Guns, I think, uh, I think that's a good hire. It's a good hire. And uh, last bit of news here for the hires this week. We got... LA Chargers are hiring ex-Denver's defensive back coach, Ronaldo Hill, as their defensive coordinator. Uh, he was uh, ex-New Orleans coach. Oh, sorry. They're also hiring ex-New Orleans quarterback coach, Joe Lombardi, as their offensive coordinator. Uh, the last name, that's right, Lombardi. He is the grandson of the great Vince Lombardi. Uh, he's been with the Saints for the last five years, working with Drew Brees, so he's... You know, hopefully got some uh, good ideas to work with Justin Herbert in uh, L.A. and get their uh, offense to the point where they couldn't last year, where I think a lot of us think you can get to next year with the weapons they have with Keenan Allen, Austin Eckler, Justin Herbert. So should be fun for them there. But uh, that'll do it for the news for today. Uh, we do have some retirement news to pass forward. Deciding to hang up his cleats, tight end Greg Olson. Retires with 742 receptions, fifth all-time amongst tight ends. Uh, he made the announcement on the pregame show for the football this weekend and uh, announced that he will be going into broadcasting. Not a big surprise. Uh, the other retirement news we have is of Coach Gary Kubiak. He will be retiring as the Vikings offensive coordinator, and now many will be looking for their sixth offensive coordinator in the last six years. All right, 
Let me just uh, remind everybody on YouTube to click over to uh, part two of this episode as uh, I will be getting into my postkeeper analysis. Everybody listening uh, online, let's keep going. All right, let me get into my past keeper analysis. This is where we're looking in the mirror, see how we all did. This is, it's all common knowledge. It's all on the site. I'm not telling anybody, anybody doesn't else have access to. So how has everybody done at choosing their three keepers over the last three years? I'm not going to bust everybody's balls for the last decade. We'll just go the last three years, 2020, 2019, and 2018. Well, in 2020, there was one manager who went three for three. That was Catch Scratch Fever, keeping Zeke, Devontae Adams, and Travis Kelsey. I'd say those are the three best keepers that went into this league and into this season and turned out to be so at the end of the season. On the other end of the spectrum, there was one manager who went 0 for three. Well, Hungarians, the defending, nope, not sorry, not defending champ. Uh, he had Saquon Barkley, Miles Sanders, and TikTok champion Juju Smith-Schuster. Clearly, he got the short end of the stick with Barkley getting uh, injured for the season right at the beginning of the year. And uh, Miles Sanders uh, didn't exactly have the season we all thought he would. So where does that leave everybody else? Somewhere in the middle. Now, as far as what I'm ranking, what I'm telling you guys on today, as far as uh, good keepers versus bad keepers, good keepers are basically uh, guys who gave you major positional advantage, like at quarterback or tight end, or if the wide receiver or running back finished in the top 12 at that position. So maybe with some of these guys, they finished 14th, 16th, 18th. I didn't go that far down. Uh, and you might say, oh, my guy was still pretty good. Oh, good for you. He didn't finish top 12. So that's what I'm basing my exercise on here today. So everybody else's keepers from this year, how did they work out? Gambler McSportball, he had two out of three, hitting on Mahomes and Derrick Henry, but missing on Christian McCaffrey. Couldn't stay healthy, so much so he ended up shipping him out of town. Got rid of him, big deal. Uh, Gronk, he, uh, he only hit on one out of three this year, Aaron Jones. Missing on Kenyon Drake and Michael Thomas. Thomas couldn't stay healthy. And uh, Aaron Jones, he shipped him out of town to me. So, interesting. Uh, top dog, he uh, hit on two out of three with Nick Chubb and Tyree Kill. Pretty uh, solid studs there. Missing on Odell Beckham Jr. I didn't think that was a very good uh, keeper idea coming into the season. But the, these are the choices that guys make. Uh, our champion, how did he do? He, uh, he did two out of three. Dalvin Cook and DeAndre Hopkins, I'd say those are pretty safe stud keepers. And Austin Eckler was his third. Too, too many injuries, uh, still a good player moving forward, but as far as helping him get the championship this year, probably came in handy down the stretch, but he didn't finish in the top 12, so he only gets two out of three as far as uh, keeper success for this exercise. You like that. He hit on one out of three, Calvin Ridley, stud. Missed on Chris Carson and Dak Prescott. Questionable always keeping a quarterback. Uh, and it hurts kind of with Dak because he did have such a strong start to the season until uh, 
the season ended due to injury. So not a top 12, not a good keeper selection for this year. Uh, we had Mile High go one for three. Hit on Darren Waller. Missed on Lamar Jackson and Julio Jones. Quarterbacks, not a good idea a lot of time, in my, in my opinion. Julio Jones, getting up there, 30-year-old receiver. He uh, wasn't able to stay healthy enough to get uh, into the top 12 this year. And Darren Waller, I didn't think that was going to be a very uh, good pick, but uh, we saw what the Walrus did this year, and he was, uh, he was uh, almost on par with Kelsey. So definitely gave you that positional advantage. What did he do? Shipped him out of town. No more Darren Waller with mile high. We'll get into that later, though. How'd Rain Man do? He went one for three. He hit on Josh Jacobs, but he missed on Joe Mixon, who couldn't stay healthy. And Mike Evans, even though he had over 10 touchdowns this year, over 1,000 yards again, was not a top 12 receiver. So he got one out of three. And his one was Josh Jacobs. And what did he do last week? Shipped him out of town. Traded him to top dogs. So... Uh, we do have keeper movement year after year, as we'll see with what guys' keepers have been the last two years. Continuing with this, he be here. How did he do? One out of three. Melvin Gordon, surprising. I didn't think he was a very good keeper selection. He was a top 12 running back. Uh, Amari Cooper, unfortunately with his terrible quarterback play after Dak went down, his inconsistency, not a top 12 wide receiver. And DJ Moore, a little bit of a gutsy pick uh, going with him did not pan out and uh mr delicious he also went one of three hitting on kareem hunt which i thought was a little bit of a gutsy call sticking with him but it worked out didn't hurt that uh chubb was out for four weeks of the year where he got to take all the reps himself basically um leonard fournette and aj green those did not work out had a chance with leonard fournette aj green uh, that was not so delicious, sir. No, not at all. And as far as myself, I only went one for three this year on my keepers, keeping Alvin Kamara, which clearly hit. Kenny Galladay, who due to injury only played four games this year, so he didn't hit. And George Kittle, who finished ninth. I didn't give uh, myself the check mark for that because even though he finished ninth, he did not give me positional advantage. Uh, on his basis alone, I had to use backups to cover his injury weeks. And there was only two tight ends this year that gave you positional advantage, Kelsey and Waller. So that's how everybody did this year. Last year, do we remember how everyone did last year? Let's take a look. There was two guys who went a perfect three for three on their keeper selections. Those two guys, Gambler McSportnight. With Christian McCaffrey, solid. Chris Carson, very nice. And Zach Ertz. I'm giving him credit for that one, even though last year there was about six or seven tight ends that were all kind of in the top tier-ish. He was near the bottom end of that top tier, but I gave him credit for it. Good for you, Gambler. Three for three. The other guy who went three for three, Gronk. With Dalvin Cook, who he's since traded, Julio Jones, who he's also since traded, and Michael Thomas, who he probably wishes he traded. That's okay, though. Good job, Gronk. Three for three on your keeper selection. Same can't be said for he be here who went 0 for 3. Melvin Gordon, Marlon Mack, T.Y. Hilton did not get the job done last year. And 
Once again, everybody else in the middle. You had Top Dog hitting two out of three with Nick Chubb, Leonard Fournette, and missing on Odell Beckham Jr. again. Uh, the champ last year, come on. He hit on one out of three only. DeAndre Hopkins missing on Le'Veon Bell and Adam Thielen. I don't think Adam Thielen was necessarily a terrible pick, but uh, he did not finish as a top 12 wide receiver. You like that? Only hit on one of three with Julian Edelman as a top 12 wide out. Devontae Adams, not so bad. Didn't make the cut of top 12. And uh, Curryon Johnson in Detroit, as we've seen with Detroit running backs, they don't get the job done. Not a good keeper. Cat Scratch finished with two out of three with Zeke and Kelsey, his mainstays. Didn't hit on Antonio Brown, who did not make the top 12. Mile High had one of three with Aaron Jones. He did not hit with Devontae Freeman or Tyreek Hill that year. Uh, Rain Man went two of three last year with Amari Cooper and Mike Evans both being top 12 receivers, while David Johnson could not find his way into the top 12. Well Hungarians had one out of three with Saquon Barkley. Todd Gurley could not uh, follow up his back-to-back -back major years back into the top 12. And not then, but now, TikTok star Juju Smith-Schuster was also not a good keeper. Uh, Mr. Delicious had a little bit more of a tasty year last year with his keepers, hitting on two out of three with Joe Mixon and Mark Ingram, both top 12 running backs. That's very nice. And he had Stefan Diggs, who did not work out to be a top 12 wideout last year. Myself, went two out of three last year, hitting on George Kittle, hitting on Keenan Allen, and missing on Alvin Kamara. He was not a top 12 running back last year. So, that's how everyone did last year. 2018, was there anybody who went three for three? Nope. But there was somebody who went 0 for three, that was Top Dog. Leonard Fournette, Carlos Hyde, Larry Fitzgerald. Good try, didn't get it done. Everybody else was either two and one or one and two. Gambler, one for three, only had Christian McCaffrey. Missed on Russell Wilson, quarterback, AJ Green. AJ Green, you've cost good many people some fantasy sleep. Gronk hit on two out of three with Julio Jones and A.J. Brown. Or sorry, not A.J. Brown, Antonio Brown. Missing on Robert Gronkowski. Can't blame him for trying with Gronk though, especially at that tight end position. Come on, he, uh, he had one out of three with DeAndre Hopkins, his mainstay. Missing on Le'Veon Bell and Jarek McKinnon again. You like that, hit one out on one of three. Had Devontae Adams, missed on Baldwin and Howard. Not so good. At the time, Skittlepox, who's now obviously catch scratch fever. He was two for three with Zeke and Kelsey, his two mainstays. Missed on Dalvin Cook that year. Would have been nice if he had Dalvin Cook this year, but not too bad making trading him out for Devontae Adams. Still didn't win a championship, though. Mile high, he went two out of three, buddy. Good job. Michael Thomas, Tyreek Hill. Missing on LaShawn McCoy. Going after them old running backs doesn't pan out. Rain Man, two out of three with Johnson and Henry. Missing on Cooper. Cooper was 13, so he was right there. I, I maybe should have given you three out of three. 
Ah, but fuck you. You didn't. Two out of three. Didn't finish 12. It's 13th. Well, Hungarians. Two out of three as well with Odell Beckham Jr. and Todd Gurley when he was beasting out. And I uh, gave him a tough grade two on Aaron Rodgers. He did finish as the quarterback nine. But quarterback nine does not give you positional advantage and warrant being taken in as a keeper. So, miss there, well-hung. EB here, two out of three with his mainstay, Melvin Gordon. T.Y. Hilton from that year, but he missed on Jay Ajayi. Mr. Delicious, two out of three. Kind of tasty. Joe Mixon and Stephon Diggs both hit for you as top 12. Devontae Freeman, not so much. And myself, tough grade, just like I do to everyone else. Two out of three. Alvin Kamara, Kareem Hunt, both hit. Keenan Allen, didn't hit. Also 13th, one spot out. So there you go, Rain Man. Fuck you, fuck me. If you don't make the top 12, you don't get that perfect three for three grading. So, how did that all work out for everybody? Um, you know what? Let me uh, take a quick break here and uh, get into a quick word from our sponsor. Our Brown Gas Services, helping customers in the GTA and surrounding area with their, all their new natural gas installations. Utilizing over 15 years of experience in the trade to make every job run as smooth as possible, no matter the size. Feel free to call or text to arrange a free quote. The number is 416-357-9323. The number again is area code 416-357-9323. Thank you very much to our sponsor, Our Brown Gas Services. All right, for everybody watching on YouTube, get ready to click over to uh, part three to see the end of this debacle. And I'll give you my 2021 keeper predictions on who I think everyone is going to keep. For everyone listening, let's keep riding. Okay, so to try and sum up everything that I was uh, just babbling about. For my post-keeper analysis, this is uh, kind of what I came up with for 2018, 19, and 20. Uh, finishing in the top three. There was six guys taking up the nine spots. Come on, finished in the top three three times. Gambler twice. And finishing in the top three once in the last three years. Cat Scratch Fever, Cash Money Millionaires, Gronk and Well Hungarians who also won a title. Finishing in the bottom three. Doing it twice. Mile High Group and Mr. Delicious. Joining them in the bottom three. You like that? He be here, Rain Man, Top Dog, and Well Hungarians. Notice there was only one guy to finish both in the top three and the bottom three. Well Hungarians. But he did manage to bring home a title and get his name on that trophy. So I'd say that's a pretty fair trade-off to me. Um, most of us finished either in the top three one year and in the middle of the other two years. Or in the bottom three and in the middle of the other two years. So... Um, to summarize how everybody's keepers have worked over the last three years, there's been 108 total keepers. Uh, like I said, three times guys have gone three and oh, three times guys have gone three for three. That means everyone else is in the middle. 16 times guys have gone two out of three and 14 times guys have gone one out of three. Basically 50-50. There's, uh, 
Is there rhyme and reason to who gets it right and who doesn't get it right? Well, after what I was telling you before, most guys are all, all about even. So over the last three years, we've all had nine keepers. Who's hit the most? Cat Scratch with seven out of nine. Keeping in mind, six of his seven are Kelsey and Zeke because he kept them all three years and they were all th hits all three years. Second behind uh, Cat Scratch was Gambler and Gronk, both hitting on six. Then you had Mr. Delish, Cash Money, Rain Man, all with five out of nine, right? Leaving Top Dog, Come On, and Mile High with four out of nine, and with three out of nine, bringing up the rear, He Be Here, Well Hungarians, and You Like That. You Like That was the only owner, actually, to never have a year in the last three years where he hit at least twice. Every year he hit one guy. One for three. Not good enough, you like that? But I'm sure he's not too concerned about it. I'm not very concerned about it. Pretty sure you'll never see this because I don't think he'll be on the site until about next September. So have a good off season. You like that? Um, as far as our hits and misses out of these 108, uh, we had four quarterback misses, two tight end misses, 25 running back misses, and 22 wide receiver misses. How did that compare to our hits? We had 28 running back hits, 20 wide receiver hits, six tight end, and one quarterback hit. So, five quarterbacks have been kept the last three years. Four of them didn't work out. Only one of them did. Uh, doesn't seem like it makes sense to take a shot keeping a quarterback. He doesn't give you positional advantage when you keep him as a keeper. Compared to tight ends, there's been... Six, seven, eight kept in the last three years. Six of the eight had worked out. Only two didn't, and one of them was Kittle this year who finished as tight end nine while missing half the season. So uh, tight ends, much more worth the gamble when you're uh, taking one of the top two or three studly-looking guys, like a Waller, a Kelsey, a Kittle, before an Ertz maybe, but those are the three guys. Now, running backs and wide receivers, uh, running backs hit 26% of the time. They missed 23% of the time. Wide receivers hit 18.5% of the time. They missed 20% of the time. What does that tell us? None of us are very good at picking which guys are good and which ones are bad outside of the top 12 guys. That's why I'm trying to bang home the point how important it is to try and have a solid stud keeper that's in the top 12 wide receiver um, running back, maybe the number one quarterback, otherwise a top stud tight end. Those are who your keepers should be because they're going to give you the positional advantage. And it, when they hit, those are the ones that hit. Unfortunately, the, the secondary, the 12 to 24 guys, they, they don't always hit. They don't come through in the, in the top 12 and consistent for you week in and week out. Um, but let me say, as much as I'm kind of saying we're all kind of shitty at this and we're all 50-50, whether we go one for three or two out of three or how it all works out, when you look at running backs the last three years, as far as our keepers have been concerned, how, of the top, how many of the top 12 were available in the draft to be got? This year, we got nine of the top 12 as keepers. The other three... Two of them were rookies. You couldn't have them. Taylor and Robinson and Montgomery was the only other one who could have been kept who wasn't. We did a pretty good job as a group. The year before, 
10 out of 12. You know, same thing. We we did really well the year before, 9 out of 12. Um, who did we not have? Barkley, Connor, and Carson. So, you know, there's maybe one guy available at the draft, but more than likely it's it's a crapshoot. Like even this year, Robinson, he was a waiver pickup, you know, that I got gifted by winning a lottery. So, and he ended up as the running back eight. Uh, as far as wide receivers, how did we do? This year, we had five of the top 12 were kept as keepers. Devontae Hill, Ridley, Hopkins, and A.J. Brown, which I believe was a future. Diggs wasn't kept. D.K. Metcalf, Lockett, Robinson, Thielen, Keenan Allen, none of them were kept. They were all available at the draft. You know, so you guys are worried about not being able to draft one of these guys in the first round because you don't want to trade up to get a, a super stud. Like... You know, a Hopkins or a Thomas or a Eckler or a Robinson, a Camara. You know, it's it boggles my mind that you guys want to roll the dice and go with mediocre shots when you can try and secure top-end talent that, you know, shows that it comes through more often than new guys come busting into the top. So, we'll see. Um, but yeah, like I don't want to shit on everybody because, man, I, I've had just as tough a time as everybody else because the injury bug gets you. Uh, things don't work out. It's just, that's that's fantasy, man. That's why, you know, some of you don't put in any effort and it kind of shows and guys like me put in effort and sometimes it doesn't show because I still suck too. But uh, I, I think my win probability is a lot higher than most of you in this pool, but that's uh, my keeper analysis for today. So... Uh, let me now get into my 2021 Keeper Predictions. So, as we stand here, uh, about two weeks out from the Super Bowl, between Kansas City and Tampa Bay, I'm giving you my 2021 Keeper Predictions for who I... As the rosters look now, who guys are keeping... Who's buying? Who's selling? What what the trade scenario situation looks like for our league? Gambler, as far as he looks to me, he's got two keepers for sure: Derrick Henry, Tyree Kill, and as far as his third one, Patrick Mahomes again. I don't know. He's also got Aaron Rodgers, Melvin Gordon, Terry McLaurin, T.J. Hawkinson. Uh, I I don't know. Maybe he you know wants to keep McLaurin. He's gonna look to deal Mahomes or something, but. I, I don't know. Mahomes is the one quarterback that, you know, if you are going to keep, he's the guy to keep. But we'll see. Maybe he moves uh, Derrick Henry or Tyree Kill. But that's the gambler keeper prediction for 2021. Derrick Henry, Tyree Kill, Terry McLaurin, and uh, somehow get somebody to bite on Patrick Mahomes. Uh, the Gronk. His keepers. He's uh, actually one of the easiest straightforward because of his game plan. Moving into the offseason, he's got Jonathan Taylor, Justin Jefferson, Michael Thomas, and doesn't have a pick, I don't believe, outside the first eight rounds or something. He's He'll be wrapped up almost by, about the time I'm getting started on my draft. So, good for you, Gronk. Your keepers look okay. They look pretty solid. Can't knock it too much. So, good job, buddy. Next guy, we got Top Dog. Well, he's got Chubb as a keeper, obviously. Clearly, he's got Josh Jacobs as a keeper as he just traded for him. Uh, that leaves him with who's he going to keep for his third? Somebody on his roster? Is he going to go out and upgrade? 
He does have Kareem Hunt, Deshaun Watson, DJ Moore, and Brandon Cooks. To me, with those guys, I'd be looking at Kareem Hunt, which makes for an interesting uh, keeper selection of three running backs, which I'm not knocking that. I, I could be doing that same thing myself this year, but uh, could be all right if he has Chubb and Hunt. One of them goes down. He knows he's, the other guy's stacked to do well. So come on. He has, he's got a wealth of riches too. He's got Dalvin Cook, Darren Waller, both no doubt keepers. He's also got DeAndre Hopkins, no doubt keeper. Austin Eckler, who's, he's a keeper as well. Julio Jones, getting older. I don't know if he's a keeper anymore. And Robinson was also very good this year and probably should be kept as a keeper moving into next season. So clearly, come on, is going to be looking to deal something to one of these guys needing a keeper. You like that. He's got Calvin Ridley. Outside of him, he's got all sorts of choices. His, his choices are all over the board. I think A.J. Brown comes off being a future, in which case he should be kept as a keeper. Leaving him with a third spot for Russell Wilson, Chris Carson, Kenyon Drake, Mixon, Montgomery, Lockett, Cup, Lamb. He's got all sorts of internal uh, directions he should go. And uh, like I said, since we care more about his team than he does, he won't be listening to this, I'm sure. Uh, he won't be making any moves, so he'll probably pick some slop out of that to take to the draft next year, which isn't too bad, to be honest. I'm not knocking on him too hard. Next, you got Cat Scratch, who has Zeke, Adams, and Kelsey. <laughs> okay, that looks pretty good. Also has Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, last year's number one overall pick. I don't think he's a keeper this year. I don't think people should trade for him. I don't think Cat Scratch should be thinking about keeping him. Sorry about your luck last year on the number one pick, but... Oh, well. But he does have Diggs, who should be a keeper. And he's got Thielen. So we'll see who uh, manages to pluck maybe Diggs or Adams or Zeke or Kelsey. If he's willing to move on from one of those guys. But he should be looking to make a move to upgrade some draft capital and move one of these studs. Uh, we got Mile High. Mile High's got some uh, decisions to make. He, he'll be in the buyer's market. He has Cam Akers, DeAndre Swift, Mike Evans, and Brandon Ayuk. Four guys, very interesting. Uh, I wouldn't mind maybe rolling into next year with one or two of them for sure, especially Akers, um, Swift, and Detroit. There's too many moving parts to call on him yet. Evans, maybe he's a keeper to bring back again next year with uh, Tom. Ayuk, whoever's in San Fran, he could be a very interesting second-year breakout candidate because he looked good when he was healthy this year. But I think Mile High should be looking at adding one stud to his lineup to try and Get in the top half. Make a run at a title mile high. Go for it, buddy. Uh, Rain Man. Another uh, owner I don't anticipate being very busy this year. Uh, he's got Antonio Gibson, J.K. Dobbins, T. Higgins, Ron, uh, Tunyon, and Kyler Murray. I think he's going to go with the, the quarterback keep and keep Kyler Murray and go with two young, not quite proven up-and-coming second-year breakout candidates in Gibson and Dobbins. Can't blame him for that. It's not a bad move, Rain Man. Good luck at the draft, buddy. And we got Well Hung, who also tanked this year with a ton of injuries. He's got Saquon Barkley and Miles Sanders. But unless he plans on keeping Debo Samuel or Dak Prescott, he'll be in the market for a third keeper. So good luck shopping, Well Hung. Come see the cash, man. I might have what you want, buddy. 
EB here made the big trade this year in season, grabbing Christian McCaffrey from Gambler. But who are, who are his other two keepers? Herbert, Connor, Cooper, Parker, Juju? Oh, we've seen that Juju mistake twice before. Don't do it, Hebe here. Look to the cash man. Look to, you know, come on, cat scratch. Go after one of these guys and get another one. Delicious. You got some shopping to do, bro. You got DK Metcalf. But other than that, Gurley, Johnson, OBJ, Hollywood Brown, Mark Andrews, ain't going to cut it, bro. Not good enough. Gosh, man, like I've been preaching, I got some guys. Kamara, Kittle, Aaron Jones, Robinson, Josh Allen for your quarterback lovers, Keenan Allen, Kenny Galladay, Will Fuller if you want somebody on the cheap. I don't know, man. I think guys need to make moves. And uh, I'm going to sum this all up in uh, this last and fourth episode for this week. Everybody who's listening, stay with me. YouTube, click on over to the last and final part. All right, let's try and uh, wrap all this up here. Uh, my 2021 keeper predictions. Basically, point of what I was saying. Who's buyers, who's sellers, who's not doing nothing? The way I see it, Gronk, you like that? Rain Man, they're not doing nothing. They're set with what they got. They're not going to be making any major moves. Mr. Delicious, he be here. Well hung. Mile high and possibly top dog. Those are your buyers. There's four, maybe five buyers. Leaving your sellers, cash money, cat scratch, come on, and maybe gambler. So four sellers, five buyers. <laughs> Smells like trades. Smells like there should be some interesting trades. Overpay, underpay. I'm sure somebody will bitch because that's what grown men like to do most when it comes to fantasy football. Bitch about trades they didn't make and how they would have given so much more to get that guy, but never do. So we'll see. Uh, I, I'm open for business. That's part of why I'm doing this show, right? Let you guys know who I got, who you got, what you're not doing right, and why you should come and trade with the cash man and get you some Aaron Jones, maybe some George Kittle. You're a quarterback guy? I got Josh Allen. He led our league in points this year, and he's only going to be hungrier, stronger, and wanting to get better. Like, I don't know, a young, talented quarterback who just lost in the AFC Championship might want to, but hey, teach their own. I'm just saying, I got some pieces, and I'm willing to move them. So let's, uh, let's get a deal done, boys. All right, let's move on here. Let me get into a new segment. Uh, hopefully, we'll be revisiting this. Not as uh, often as other segments, but uh, I'm going to call this one, Hey, What Happened? Hey, What Happened? Let's start right up. There we go. Hey, What Happened? So, uh, what is this segment? This is what I screwed up, because, yeah, I'm new at this shit. Trying to get my feet wet, trying to figure this all out and get coordinated and organized and uh, talking to this phone here. I, I make some mistakes, so let's revisit these mistakes and uh, own up to them. Uh, when I was uh, talking about the Chargers' new defensive coordinator, I said he had pieces like uh, Ingram and Gordon. That clearly wasn't right. What I should have said was he had pieces like Ingram and Bosa. Yes, I screwed up Bosa's name. You know, only all pro worthy, but made that one a mistake. 
when I was talking about Green Bay uh, tight end, Robert Tunyon, I said he is a tight end or bust. What the hell does tight end or bust even mean? Doesn't even mean anything. What I should have said was he is a touchdown or bust. That phrase a lot more guys should be familiar with. Tight end or bust, not so much. Uh, you know, had a few minor mishaps too. Miss, misspoke a little bit on my thought of the day. And, uh, you know, for anyone watching on YouTube, when I went to go turn off the camera, I uh, got my hand in the shot. Oops, I don't think you're supposed to do that shit, but you know what? I don't really care. It's my show, my rules. I can screw up as often as I want to. The thing we're trying not to screw up with is our fantasy team and getting that championship trophy. You know, some guys are happy just living in that middle ground between six and fourteen. I don't know, man. If you're not going for number one, I don't even know why you're doing fantasy football. But, hey, that's cool. So long as you're active and uh, you donate your money, I'm more than happy to try and knock Kaman off his throne of back-to-back uh, -back championships again. Good job, come on. All right, uh, today, let's get into our thought of the day. Today's thought of the day, one year after his death, my hero, Kobe Bryant, once said, the most important thing is to try and inspire people so that they can be great in whatever they want to do. Great words from uh, one of the greatest basketball players ever, Kobe Bryant, one year ago today. Tragically lost with his daughter, Gianna, and uh, seven others. And a day I'll never forget. Uh, rest in peace, Kobe. That's uh, going to conclude uh, today's episode. Let me remind everybody, if they want to hit me up with any emails, questions, comments, concerns, suggestions to get better, Dynasty Breakdown with Cash at Outlook.com. Thanks for everybody who's listening. Thanks for everybody who's watching. Uh, I'm going to try and get back uh, with my wide receiver one breakdown um, within the next few days. Uh, thanks, everybody, for watching, and uh, stay safe, everybody. Dollar, dollar bill, y'all. Cash rules everything around me.